Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an exciting edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've got a Twitter poll out there, and we'll probably have some more this week. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. And special, starting this week, we are going live with video uh, on Spotify. So if you're interested in watching uh, the shenanigans that go on behind the scenes, which is now no longer behind the scenes uh, with me and Mike, uh, please listen and watch our podcast on Spotify. So that being said, Mike, now the world sees both of us. Here we are. Well, uh, my apologies in advance to what you're seeing, folks. But uh, Dave, always good to see you. We do have uh, a Twitter poll out there. It's uh, college football related with all the uh, chaos that turned out to not be chaos of uh, the playoff. And we're just simply asking who's going to win the uh, the championship, the national championship. Uh, right now, uh, new to the poll, uh, Alabama and Michigan tied at 50% and Georgia and Cincinnati tied at zero. So uh, plenty of opportunities, still several days uh, to go out there and vote. Look for it on Twitter. Uh, apparently, you can't look for it on Instagram or Facebook, Dave, because we got some odd message that booted us off. But uh, we'll get that fixed and get it back up out there as well. Uh, so, Dave, you know, this is our NFL Week 13 recap. And traditionally, we, you know, go in chronological order of the games played. But, uh, folks, if you didn't know, Dave was in attendance last night in Buffalo, New York, where um, the wind was whipping and the snow was flying. And uh, the oddest game of the season, for sure, uh, happened. And uh, he saw it live and in person. So we're going to start there. But, Dave, I want to start with an apology to you because oh, uh, okay. I saw this stuff coming, buddy. Uh, weeks ago when the Chargers and the Patriots played and the Patriots just uh, put them in mind meld mode and have pretty much ruined the Chargers season. I mean, people were calling Chargers for the Super Bowl and Herbert for MVP and then Belichick's defense just uh, put them in mind meld and he still got it. And uh, I was thinking you got a problem and now you got a two and a half game problem uh, in the loss side uh, to the vaunted uh, New England Patriots, buddy. But uh, let's start with, so I apologize for not pointing that out to you. Um, I care about you, and I thought maybe uh, I wanted to let you revel in the fun that was the Buffalo Bills. Um, and still is, and, you know, season isn't over, but we'll get there. Uh, Dave, describe the scene for us, if we want, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game. Talk about a little bit uh, what was going on in the parking lot. Did you see anybody slam through a table? Uh, were there... Uh, couples enjoying each other's company behind minivans. What was happening out there in the tailgate world? Yeah, well, uh, most of you know the tailgate scene in, in Buffalo it, uh, certainly has its own reputation. Sadly, did not see anybody jump through a table. Uh, was kind of hoping that I was going to see that. Didn't happen. Uh, it was um, so windy. I mean, we were talking about wind gusts into the 50 mile an hour plus range. Um, it didn't bother anybody. 
the tailgating continued. People still had fires, which I thought was crazy because the sparks were going all over the place. Uh, people still cooked. Uh, we met up. And so shout out to my red, white, and blue tailgate crew there. Uh, they did a great job. We were able to hang and uh, use their grill and sample some some chowder. And uh, it was really a great time. I, I just music going, uh, met up with Johnny, who we've had on the podcast before talking about the bills. Uh, just a great time. And there were oh, several, I don't know, four, five different snow squalls that happened. Uh, none of them during the game, which I was saying to my brother-in-law who went with me, uh, that was disappointing. I really would have liked to have seen one of those 10 minute uh, squalls during the game uh, because it was whiteout conditions. I mean, we were across the street from the stadium and when it snowed hard, you couldn't see the, the opposite side of the stadium, the upper deck, you couldn't see it at all. Dave, uh, you didn't see this, or maybe you did on social media, but during those squalls early, people were in the stadium, especially field goal kickers, trying to practice. And they did, uh, someone captured a video of Bass kicking into the wind, and the ball ended up like in the fourth row in the stands to the right. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I wanted to see that craziness in the game. I think there was enough already. Uh, but I understand your point, and you know your hearty Buffalo fans certainly would have enjoyed that. Uh, they made a reference on the blog broadcast about the amount of Bud Light that was being consumed to get oh. people through. Uh, oh, I can yeah. only imagine what that situation was, <laughs> but we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, family show. So let's go inside the stadium, Dave. And you know, on TV, because the snow and rain had stopped. Uh, unless you were looking at the goalpost, you really couldn't tell how bad it was. And so they kept switching shots to show us that, I mean, the field goal posts were flying, uh, you know, bending in every direction and it was swirling up there. Uh, the orange flag that they have on top of them, one of them flew off. Uh, <laughs> yes, was... we noticed that at one point, like, wait a minute. I think that yeah. was uh, near the end zone that we were in. I was like, wait a minute, there's a flag missing off of the top of the goalpost. Yeah, it, that happened during the game and they captured it. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, so, Dave, uh, I'm going to, you know, step aside and let you rant about this game. Uh, I'm just going to run through some quick stats to get you revved up a little bit. Sure, uh, sure. The Bills did not give up on passing the ball. Uh, and I don't know if that was to their detriment or not. I mean, it seems like Josh Allen could whip the ball through the wind. And he ended up going 15 for 30, um, you know, only 145 yards. Whereas uh, the Patriots only were two for three for 19 yards. They ran 49 offensive plays, ran the ball 46 of those. Uh, and um, I don't know if you saw it in the stadium, Dave, but Mac Jones a couple times in the first half was moving his hand at the bench, like, I can throw in this, I can throw in this. And Belichick called him over during a timeout and told him basically to shut the bleep up. Uh, we're running the ball, you know. And, and that's really what, after the game, the story was Belichick and McDaniel's willingness to stay patient and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Run the ball. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll get to one of their coaching uh, bad decisions, in my opinion, in a minute, but. I said I'd clear out, and here I go for five minutes talking about the game. Dave, talk to me about what you saw, your thoughts on the offense, 
what the uh, defense did and didn't do uh, and how that affected the outcome of the ball game. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned the Mac Jones uh, only throwing the ball three times. Well, so we're sitting there and watching in the second half, just run after run after run. And there was somebody in the row behind me was like, are they ever going to throw the ball? Like they've barely thrown the ball. And that's when I went into my my stats and I looked and that at that point, one throw. And that was one in the first, in the first half, half, none in and, the third quarter. Right. And so, you know, at that point in the stands, we're like, they're not going to throw the ball. They're just not. They have even on they the have, cast, Dave. They kept saying, Oh, here it comes, play action pass. Mac Jones is gonna hit Johnny Smith down the middle or something like that, and it never, never came. Anyway. Nope. Nope. So, you know, we're in the stands saying, geez, you know, give up on trying to cover passing. You know, and the mm-hmm. Bills did a bunch. I mean, they had you know, eight players in the box trying to stop the run as much as they could. Uh, I was disappointed that knowing the run was coming, that they still could not stop it. Now, they did a little bit more in the second half uh, and were able to get off the field and get the offense some chances. Um, And so that was okay. But I still, I just couldn't believe that they just continued to just not be able to stop the run really at all. And, uh, and the uh, Patriots were running the same blocking scheme where they were uh, crashing down the tight end and then kicking a guard, kicking out and, you know, allowing the black, the back to cut off of that. And that's how they got the big 64 yard run. Longest run since 1997 by the Patriots, Corey Dillon uh, had, went for 70. Um, so interesting that 64 is the longest one. Sorry, again, cutting you off. Yeah, no, that that's fine. Um, yeah, I was disappointed in the defense. Uh, and oh, by the way, my voice is a little scratchy because I was yelling during the game quite a bit. So uh, apologies there if you don't hear the full uh, zing that you normally get from me. Um, you got to save it up for get out of here, too. Yeah, yeah. We got some candidates yeah. this week. Did you see Jordan... Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde after the game. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, I I liked that Buffalo threw the ball because I thought they could throw the ball, um, and I would have liked to have seen them maybe take a shot or two uh, down the field deep during the game. Didn't do that. Um, yeah, Allen was Allen was not great. Um, you know, 15 to 30, like you said, uh, don't have to be a mathematician, folks. That's 50 percent um, right. really not good. Um, and they just they hurt themselves in the red zone, Mike. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Uh, one for four in the red zone, the missed field goal, the missed opportunities. I will say this, though. Um I don't think it was on their last drive, but their second to last drive where they were down there trying to get in the end zone. Uh, mm-hmm. They threw a pass to Dawson Knox and the Patriots defender just mugged him yep. and no call. Uh, they showed the replay up on the big Jumbotron. They don't even call it Jumbotron anymore, but I do. So, um, yeah. yeah, seriously. And they paused it and you could just see the, the defender with his arms around Dawson Knox, that should have been a first and goal at the one-yard line. Uh, there was another one later in the game, that same kind of thing down near the goal line. No calls on it. Um, yeah. 
sure, the Patriots' defense can be really, really good when the officials are not going to call penalties on them. Um, and these were just blatant ones where the receiver was out in the open. You know, it's just him and the defender. You don't really see much else. Uh, that was really uh, that was disappointing. Other than that, I thought the officiating was fine, uh, but just disappointed that the Bills did not play a very good game. Uh, I did see uh, Sean McDermott say today that you know let's let's pump the brakes. I'm paraphrasing. Let's pump the brakes with giving Bill Belichick all of this credit for winning this game. Uh, and he said it was our mistakes, our errors that cost us. And I, I, Sean McDermott, he's not he's not wrong. Um, you know, now is there the strategy there uh, as far as running the ball and continu- continuing to do that? Is that great coaching? Absolutely. But the Bills, regardless of all of that, still had their chances and just couldn't put it away. Couldn't get the ground game going, which, again, very disappointing, knowing that really two of the quarters you really had to run the ball um, just because of how bad the wind was. And you could see it. I mean, the the Patriots' first punt, uh, sorry, second punt um, into the wind, I mean, it went up and just died and went yeah. way off to the sidelines yeah. uh, and just they didn't get much on it. Um, so I think that part is challenging. Buffalo's average starting field position was like the 40. Uh, you know, all of those things come in and you get 10 stinking points. Um, so then the reference that uh, Mike made about Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, uh, in the post game, the two of them were up on the podium. They still had the, well, no, Hyde had his uniform on, Poyer right. did not. Um, and one of the uh, members of the media, I'm trying to think, he said, wh- He basically what about- laid out the stats and then said, are you embarrassed? By oh, right, right. Is, are you embarrassed word, by The trigger this? word was embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. So he says, are you embarrassed by this? And they both they both are just like, huh? They're like, what kind of question is that? And the response was, you know, everybody's going to be criticizing you uh, and looking at this. Is it embarrassing? And they were like, okay, okay, all right. And uh, they said, look, we did a good job. We only gave up, you know, 14 points and X number of yards and this and that. We just, you know, we didn't make some stops and some spots and whatever. And then they stood up and left. And Micah Hyde well, before Micah Hyde got up, he said, okay, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that one. And he stood up and he walked out and he's like, I come in here every week. I give you my time. I give you honest answers. And then you do something like that. Um, not good. What I'm curious, and I haven't had a chance because I was we were driving back today, uh, to dig and find out who was that. Because if that is a Buffalo area um, member of the media, mm-hmm. That's really poor. I know it was poor taste any which way you want it. But if it's somebody that they see regularly, boy, that's just really, really, really bad. And they, yeah, so they got up and left after that. It was only a couple of minutes uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Do so, you really? Uh, let's park there for a second, buddy. Sure. Do you really think that's a bad question? Do you think that's an inappropriate question for uh, the situation where – you know, the Bills came in and got run over in the middle of their defense is what really broke down in this game. They got manhandled by a team that they've been, you know, mortal enemies with forever. Um, the guy that asked the question was Jerry Sullivan of Buffalo TV. 
um, oh. you know, has been around a while. Um, yeah. So they got run over, dude. And I and my thought is all the offseason, all the roster moves, all the preparation, they're not a classic Buffalo Bills run the ball team. And they spent all this time getting ready for the Kansas Cities of the world and the Chargers of the world. And guess what? They forgot to take care of their back, you know, their backyard with the Patriots. They're going to come in and play smash mouth. And they assumed that the Patriots were dead. And this is the seedy underbelly of those decisions. I don't know, ultimately, if they were wrong. If they make the playoffs and can beat those teams, obviously it's worth it. But you got to get there. And, you know, that whole idea of nobody wants to go to Buffalo in December is now uh, being questioned um, nationally. So I guess I I don't agree with you by saying that's an inappropriate question. Should he have used the word embarrassing? Probably not. Um, he certainly could have worded it differently. And if you heard Jerry Sullivan after Micah Hyde made his little, um, you know, we come in here and respect respect you, and that's a disrespectful question comment. Uh, he said, in my day, players answered questions like that as Hyde was walking out the door. Take that for what it's worth. I don't wow. believe I don't believe reporters should be the story. Um, so yeah. I disagree with him making that snide comment. He could have tweeted that out um, if he really had to get that off his, off his chest. But anyway, Dave, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, just, I struggle with you saying it was completely off. Um, out of bounds for him to ask that question. Yeah, I, I think what you said, Mike, is right. The the term embarrassing, um, and he didn't need to do that. He could have flat out said, "How are you guys feeling after this team came into your house and you know and just marched it?" What's that? No, my wife always complains about the after uh, right after the game on the field question you just won the super bowl how do you feel and she's always yeah. like well, what, what do you how do you think they feel they just won yeah. the super bowl but anyway yeah but, but you know right. something something yeah. like that give them the opportunity to speak their mind and share what their emotions are yeah. um I, I just i thought it was a little bush league i mean we can certainly disagree here that's and sure. that's totally fine um okay. and i had not heard that last comment um, so that is even more That's out of bounds to me. You're the journalist. You're not, I know you feel attacked or whatever, but you know, you're, that's not your job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now this leaves the bills, uh, at seven and five, um, and puts tremendous, tremendous pressure on them to win when they go to new England the day after Christmas, they also have to go and w play at Tampa this next week. Um, and a pretty highly anticipated matchup. And I think that's challenging. The Patriots have the bye week this week. Um, look, the Bills have not played well, plain and simple. I think they would tell you that. They've been telling people that. Uh, They're one they, and four against teams that are um, have an above 500 record this season. Yeah, one and four. Yeah. And uh, the bigger part, and I was saying this to, to my brother-in-law, um, the five and five mark in conference is what really hurts. They have two conference games left, and they're basically, unless they finish ahead of any of these teams, they're going to lose all the tiebreakers, um, whether that's a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs um, or determining seeding within all of that. 
they've put themselves in a very, very bad spot. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have good answers. Uh, the talent is certainly there. Uh, they've played some bad games. You think about the Jacksonville game and um, there's a couple others in there, but they've got, I don't know. They've got to. They've got to look at themselves and really, you know, do some soul searching. And I, I, I'm. They don't need to change schemes. I don't. I don't. It's not that kind of thing. No, this game um, is probably never going to happen again. You know, this yeah. year anyway. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, they're seven and five. They yep. they certainly have. Um, you know the the world in front of them and of the opportunity to still make the playoffs and, and make an impact on this season, but they've made it a lot more difficult on themselves for sure. They certainly have. And, and don't look now, but the Miami dolphins are in the rear view mirror as well. Um, you know, winning, I think five or six in a row now and yeah, uh, granted not against the best competition, but you know, certainly, no. it, and they played my giants this week, Dave, and, and their offense does not scare me with Tua. Um, the Giants, if if they had any kind of backup quarterback, could have easily won that game. But um, we're not talking about them yet. Unless you're ready to wrap up Buffalo Bills. Yeah, chat. I mean, let's, anything let's, else you let's, want to say? Give me no. A I just go compare ahead. the experience at uh, Giant Stadium earlier in the year that we went to the game versus uh, you know the Buffalo Stadium just on a customer service level and you know cleanliness. I know it's hard because it was so windy. About yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that they're very different experiences because this was a night game, um, because it was such a big game. I, I would envision uh, what, <coughs> excuse me, what we saw, what I saw in Buffalo would be maybe something you would see uh, Giants and Cowboys uh, later in the year because the stadium was absolutely jammed. Um, you know, it took us an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot for like an hour. We sat in one spot. Uh, so, you know, things like that, I would say, you know, uh, those things it's very different because of it's a, being a big game. Um, and MetLife is just newer, more amenities, uh, you know, at um, Halt. At the the Buffalo Bills Stadium, I was gonna say Hallmark Stadium. It's not no, but they just changed it. I can't remember what. It yeah, is. and yeah. you know, um, the uh, like the corridors are very narrow. Uh, the concourse, um, not the same way at MetLife. Very very wide concourse. Right. Um, the concourses there are not. I don't think are built to hold that volume of people. And then with all of the food and drink stations all the way around. Um, but it's still very nice. You know, it, it, again, if, if you haven't been there, the stadium is down into the ground. So when you walk up to it, um, you just see the upper deck above the ground and it doesn't look like a, a huge stadium. It doesn't look like MetLife does where you could see it from, you know, miles away. Right, the uh, mile less, yeah. Right, you just, you can't see this stadium until you get right up to it. Um, and you were saying that protected you from the wind a little last night, which is... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we were down in the lower bowl, uh, which is down in the ground quite a ways. Uh, we weren't affected by the wind during the game at all. But you could obviously see, you know, the people on the upper deck and the, the, the flags on the goalposts, 
you knew it was windy. It's just we didn't really get affected by it down there. Um, you were almost but, close with Hallmark Stadium. Do you want to give it another shot? Either? No, my brain's kind of mush as far as that. Highmark Stadium. Highmark, yeah. I mean, I you'd think I would have remembered it. I was staring at the sign for right. three hours in the parking lot beforehand. Um, it but is yeah. Christmas season for the Hallmark Channel, so we'll give them a quick plug. Ah, okay. Well, uh, yeah. let's uh, let's move on to the Giants and a, another game where I don't think we want to give any any stars uh, to the performance of the New York Giants, Mike. No, Dave, it was downright embarrassing on offense. You know, couldn't block. But Mike Glennon is absolutely the worst backup quarterback, except for Mason Rudolph, uh, in the entire NFL. And uh, uh, he's in concussion protocol this week. And is it terrible for me to say, I hope he needs some extra time to recover? Um so we can get Jake Fromm, Dave, or Jake yes, Fromm, yeah, formerly yep. of the Bills practice yep, squad. Yep, signed him off the practice squad. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Logan Ryan offered to be the emergency quarterback, uh, which oh would be very interesting. Uh, I don't know what they would do for a backup quarterback at this point. Uh, you know, there's still a possibility Daniel Jones will play, uh, but that is interesting. They're staying out in, uh, like, Phoenix area because they're playing the Chargers this week. And yes. uh, so they don't have their normal uh, personnel with them as far as uh, medical personnel and testers and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, not to mention also the quarterback coach uh, is out with a positive COVID test. So new quarterback been on the team less than three weeks. No backup and no quarterbacks coach uh, against the Chargers. Uh, the, the line should be, you know, Chargers plus 59 or whatever. <laughs> but, Dave, in this game against the, the Dolphins, I said the defense played well as long as they could. That Dolphins offense does not scare me. They're very methodical. Tua looks like every pass should be picked off. Um, yeah. He throws the ball straight and hard. There's no touch on it whatsoever. He's not a running threat. Um, you know, they have decent, you know, Waddle's a very good wide receiver. Kaseki's okay at tight end, uh, some speed in the backfield, but, um, it, it was just on the field too long, uh, because, uh, Mike Lennon and the offense couldn't do anything. Saquon had 11 runs for 55 yards. Booker had six for 36. That's not good enough. Uh, when all of your stars are down, um, Stop me if you've heard this one before. Kenny Holiday got hurt early in the game and only played a couple plays. Uh, so that happened. Um, you know, probably one of the worst offseason signings in a long time uh, by them. Um, you know, Evan Engram is more involved in the game. Uh, I don't know if it's on necessity because Freddie Kitchens is, is calling plays. Uh, that's not a terrible thing, but... Uh, it was just ugly, dude. Uh, every throw that Glennon threw, I had no confidence. It was offline. It was like a rainbow. Um, it, you know, the guy, he's waiting to see it, uh, someone's open and then throwing it. Anyone yeah. knows, I mean, you can't even do that in peewee football. you got to anticipate <laughs> a break every once in a while. I mean, um, it's just yeah, that. His, uh, his ball, uh, we used to say in high school when – balls went up like that it came down with snow on it because it went <laughs> yeah. up so high into the altitude that uh, yeah definitely so, not not a good scenario for mike Glennon and the giants so you know the national narrative is yes the giants stink and this game is you know maybe the death meal for 
uh, Joe Judge and Gettleman. But I just don't see it that way in the sense that, you know, I still think Daniel Jones is a viable NFL quarterback with certainly a lot of work to do. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded or didn't sign Saquon just to save money, you know, at the running back position. He's not making a difference. Uh, as much as I love the kid and, you know, he's a good dude and I think he really wants to succeed, but it's just not working between injuries and, you know, his style versus what uh, the offensive style and their capabilities are right now. Um, they've built a decent defense, you know, I, I think that I would like to see them continue maybe for another year. I don't want to give up on Jones, but I think contractually all those things are going to change. So um, I'd look, I guess I just don't want the Giants judged on this game is my point because of the Mike Lennon factor. Whoever sold the team on Mike Lennon, his agent should like get all the the whole contract because uh, he sold them a bill of goods and they bought it. Um, it's just not yeah. good. So anyway, uh, so the Giants, obviously the season's dead, you know, mathematically still alive for the playoffs, but it was already probably on life support. Um, so now for me, it's about playing spoiler, playing well, building momentum and seeing growth, especially for Daniel Jones. I'd love to see uh, Kadarius Tony get healthy and see what these guys can do together. Uh, he missed another game with an ankle. So uh, Shepard out again. Stop me if you heard that one before. You know, it's just uh, not good. Um, so, yeah, it was very disappointing. I never at one point in the game got. Uh, excited or yelled at the TV, which my wife thought maybe there was something wrong going on. But uh, no, it was just one of those games where uh, I had no hope and uh, I happened to be correct. Graham Gano, still the MVP of the Giants. No doubt. Uh, would have liked to have seen the Giants run the ball some more, Mike. Uh, Absolutely. Just 17 attempts, but 91 yards at 5.4 yards per carry. Um, I... I'm not sure why they didn't run the ball more. I know they were down, but they were never down so much that they were out of not being able to run. And they right. passed the ball, Mike, 44 times with right. Mike Glennon at quarterback. Right. I, that's just not a recipe for success. Uh, so, you know, again, more rushing attempts. I think really that could have helped to make a difference because they were running the ball at a good clip. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing, but the, you know, it's kind of like the Cowboys curse where they're, you know, they're talented uh, in certain positions. And so they get away from what the bread and butter of the NFL is, is control the line of scrimmage and run the ball. Uh, now they assume that they were talented, equally talented at quarterback. Uh, and this game was just had to be an eye opener. Uh, I hate to keep harping on that, but it was really, uh, not only was he, you know, he wasn't deficit neutral. He was negative in that situation, yeah. you know. Yep, uh, absolutely. So uh, that's where we are uh, with that. Dave, the rest of the games on Sunday uh, in golf, uh, Saturday is separation Saturday where, you know, you kind of want to make your move and get up above the field and get in the top 10 and get ready for Sunday's championship charge. And I kind of thought that's what would happen this Sunday in the NFL where, Playoff teams and teams that we're thinking are going to be decent uh, had uh, a very good day. 
on the scoreboard and separated themselves from the pretenders. There was only one game that, uh, you know, I felt like the better team lost. And of course we'll get to that uh, with Detroit in a minute. Um, But the rest of the games, you know, and there was even a loser leaves town match with the chargers and Bengals, but let's go all the way back to Thursday real quick, Dave and the the Cowboys and saints and um, you know, Cowboys went 27, 17, uh, but everyone came away from this game saying the Cowboys are still, struggling uh, on both sides of the ball, even though they were able to pick off Taysom Hill four times. Um, the Saints moved the ball a lot on them for a team that, that's supposed to be this great defensive team. And uh, the offense didn't exactly look great. Dak was 26 for 42, 38, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, again, they uh, tried to get Zeke involved with 13 rushes, but only 45 yards and a 3.5 average, another waste of a big contract on a running back. Uh, Tony Pollard has become the most exciting option. He ripped off a beautiful 58-yard drive uh, run. Uh, he had 71 yards and a touchdown on that run. Um, and they are C.D. Lamb heavy, buddy. 13 targets. Set only seven catches, though. 89 yards, no touchdowns. So... Uh, this is kind of like when a win wasn't really that great of a win and no one's putting the Cowboys back in the they might win the Super Bowl um, discussion based on this game. And the Saints are just flat terrible, um, especially on offense now. No wide receiver weapons and uh, you know three deep at quarterback at this point. So, where do you see this game at all? Uh, I, I think I watched a little bit of it. Um, I think the the challenge here now is um, Taysom Hill um, is injured. Um, he's going to attempt to play through his injury uh, on his throwing hand, but um, right. that doesn't look good. We've discussed ad nauseum on the podcast that he's not a – He's not a good NFL option, although, I mean, 264 yards passing and 100 yards rushing in this game, uh, but four interceptions, not getting it done. Yeah. Um, as far as Dallas goes, they, they got to win. They won by 10 on the road. They're eight and four and, and in a good spot in the NFC. Are they struggling? Yes. Uh, but when you look at, uh, if you think about how you think about Buffalo and how do you think about Dallas, uh, there are games separated. I, I have to believe a lot. A lot of people would say Dallas is in a better spot, um, but they're very, you know, very, very similar. I think as far as that goes. But Dallas has won uh, again, one more game. But I think this is, you know, good for those weaker division by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and good for those folks with the stars on their helmets, as you like to say, mm, or the cowgirls or whatever. Yeah, like that too. Them. Uh, the Bucks beat the Falcons pretty handily, 30-17. Really not much to say about that game, Dave, other than nope. another team that took care of business and separated, you know, stayed in the upper echelon of the NFC. Uh, same thing, Cardinals and Bears, 33-22. Uh, you know, the Kyler Murray show was back after what seemed like their bye week lasted like a month. I don't know. Uh, we kind of <laughs> lost track of them. Uh, but they're, you know, 10-2, and best team in the league record-wise. Uh, and, you know, he, he only had 123 yards, but he had two touchdowns with it. James Conner, and uh, he ran all over the place. They had 35 runs for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Conner made a heck of a catch and scored a touchdown out of the backfield. Hopkins got on the board with one. So uh, 
you know, this this Cardinal team, I just wanted to drill down a little deeper on them because we haven't talked about them in a while. I think, uh, and the gar- the Bears scored 22. Most of that was garbage time. So um, I think this Cardinals team's here to stay, buddy. What do you think? Yeah, I do. Uh, a couple interesting things with Chicago. Uh the red rifle there, Andy Dalton, threw four interceptions, which killed a lot of Bears drives. The yep. Bears uh, had a nine-minute advantage in time of possession in this game. Uh, so for Arizona to score 33 points and only having the ball for 25 minutes, uh, that tells you all you need to know, and certainly about the Bears. But the Bears shot themselves in the foot, as they have been doing all year long. Um, and Arizona, look, they're right there. Uh like you said, at 10-2, and two, uh, playing good offensively, playing good defensively. Uh, and now, of course, with Murray and Hopkins back in the lineup and healthy relatively, uh, they're a very scary team uh, like they were, you know, I don't know, it's not that much different, but when they were playing really well at the beginning of the year, now they're starting to get back to that. And uh, yeah. that has to be... Um, a scary, scary thought for the rest of the teams in the NFC. Talk about a team whose bye week came at the perfect time. They had gotten beat up a little and were starting to falter and you know, play really close games against teams they should destroy. And um, the bye week, like I said, you know, felt like it was forever and it came at a perfect time for them. So uh, good for them. Dave, the uh, Colts blinked the Texans 31 nothing, nothing to talk about there. Um, where do you want? Uh, let's go to. Um, did you see Gardner Minshew for the Eagles, buddy? He comes into the stadium with the, uh, he's got the flight jacket on and the mustache, and he's got the Maverick Tom Cruise, you know. Oh, I didn't see that. With the glasses and everything, yeah. And he came out and he had a day against, very, I'm very well aware that it's against the Jets. I get it. Um, but good for him, 20 for 25 for 242, two touchdowns and no INTs. Um, really just had a nice day. They got back to running the ball with Miles Sanders, 24, runs 120 yards. Um, and this game was kind of uh, feisty back and forth in the first half. And then, uh, you know, the Eagles came on the second half and took care of business. And then after the game, Minshew and his father uh, just had like one of those moments where they're hugging and pushing each other and, you know, getting excited about the game. And that was pretty cool to get captured on uh, on somebody's um, camera phone. But um, yeah, glad we got to see that. Did you see any of this, Dave? What do you get on this game? No, uh, didn't get to see a lot of it. Um, what you said, I, I think, captures that the Eagles got back to running the ball, which is without a doubt uh, a huge strength of theirs. Uh, 41 carries for 185 yards. Uh, and the Gainwell uh, touchdown, which was nice. Uh, still, I still can't believe they're six and seven and and like in the hunt in the playoffs. It it just yeah. it just seems to be very very strange. But they're starting to gain their identity. So you know, good for the Eagles. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson was back for the Jets and you know did okay. Twenty three of thirty eight, yeah. two hundred twenty six yards, had two touchdowns and an interception and. Got a rushing touchdown in there, so you know he's got to get he's got to get back into the mix, and he's starting to do that, and you know maybe getting a little bit more comfortable. But uh, at three and nine, the Jets aren't going anywhere this year. 
Yeah, the big takeaway from this game, I guess, is uh, the Eagles players were saying how soft the Jets were after the game, and Fletcher Cox was literally laughing in Robert Sala's face and, and just kind of um, wow. called them out, you know, for being super soft. And, you know, they, the Jets need to stand up. Uh, who's the linebacker? I can't remember his name. I wish I, I did. That uh, was hurt most of that. Oh, Mosley, C.J. Mosley. So he responded and said, you know, you know, they're not necessarily wrong, but it's, this is a wake-up call for us. we got to, you know, take the gloves off, I think is the term he used. Uh, yeah. And at least be physical uh, on defense. So uh, more than I thought we would talk about Jets-Eagles. But NFC East, uh, another win for the Washington football team, Dave. 17-15 with a last-second field goal against the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Taylor Heineke continues to write, you know, a great story of his life. Um and goes 22 for 31, 96, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, certainly, he seems to come alive in the fourth quarter and did and uh, drove them uh, down for the game-winning field goal. And the Raiders uh, lose a crucial game to them uh, in the AFC, and they are in disarray, buddy. So, anything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huge play uh, there on Washington's last drive, and Heineke throws the ball out to the side, and it's right in the Raiders guy's hands. I mean, he's got to pick that ball off, and he drops it. You know, yeah. and a couple plays later, they get the field goal to win. So the Raiders had their chances, um, and certainly uh, it was nice to see Josh Jacobs back and, and running mm -hmm. hard. Uh, that's yep. a good sign for them. Uh, but they had their chances here, and now they, you know, they fall into the abyss that is the six and six, seven and five uh, teams in the AFC. And uh, right. you know, they they won some games early, but uh, you know, three and six in their last nine uh, is really not doing very well for the Raiders. And so now, all of a sudden, Dave, the NFC East could be intriguing down down the stretch. With uh, as we said, Dallas not playing great right now, uh, but still at eight and four. And now we have Washington and Philly right uh, on their heels, with plenty of football left against each other. So that that should be good. Uh, where else you want to go? How about uh, uh, Cincinnati and the Chargers? Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, that uh, was an interesting. Uh, Interesting game. Yeah, the, the Chargers bolted out, haha, bolted out to a 24 to nothing lead. Um, and then the Bengals kind of stormed back um, and looked like they were going to take the lead. Uh, they had just gotten a Joe Mixon touchdown and then they were held the Chargers, got the ball back. It was 24 22. And then uh, Mixon put the ball on the turf. Uh, one of my friends described it as. Uh, it looked like he threw a bounce pass uh, to Tavon Campbell, who then picked the bounce pass up and returned the fumble 61 yards for a touchdown. And that was kind of all she wrote there. Uh, the Chargers had six sacks in this game. Uh, Justin Herbert, 26 of 35 for 317, three touchdowns and an interception. The Chargers, again, look like a really good team going in and, and beating the Bengals at home, uh, Mike. And so now we just wait and see. They're still turning the ball over. They had three turnovers in this game, but uh, a 41-22 win, they certainly, certainly will take that. Yeah, absolutely. And putting them in, you know, good shape in that AFC, getting out of the muck of the 500 